Hey, welcome everybody. <laughs> I can't I can't beatbox. I can't beatbox an intro. But uh, this is episode nine of Los Cachiru this podcast. I'm hosting once again. Uh, John is out going on, to, on vacation, I think, to Saint Thomas. Having hey, some fun. Says off air. No, we're no, live. No, he said he was going on vacation with his boyfriend Thomas. <laughs> I think that's what he said. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, so we're beginning. Uh, we have Christian, Daniel, Fernando, Juan, and Ronnie. How's everybody going? doing? I'm good, man. Excellent. Good, man. So I guess... Uh, going well, man. Cool. I guess we're going to start off with this El Salvador game. And it's sort of... Uh, we might we might be running it quick. Uh, in my opinion, there's nothing too much that I have to say about it, but... Uh, as far as Osorio, in my opinion, it was just, you know, no real measuring stick for him. And for me to look at the game and say he did, you know, anything at all. But pretty much the players went out and did what they had to do, and that was it. This Honduras game is going to be the one that I'll look at and see, uh, you know, probably some key stuff. What do you guys think of the El Salvador game? Um. Obviously, a couple of players were out of position. You know, we all know that. We, you know, <laughs> obviously, uh, but other than that, it's I, I I have to I have to agree with you. It's not like you know, it's not like he has he, he has stamped his you know his style or his or his message. You know, um, it's again that they should have won, obviously, and they did. Uh, it should, the the uh, the score should have been uh, bigger. Uh, goes back to the problems that we've been having is, you know, not you know putting away the goals, the easy goals. Uh, but at least you know if you're gonna have a problem in soccer, um, it's you know it's basically missing those, you know, because at least the team is creating a lot of opportunities. Yeah, there's so, a lot of bounces in the box and stuff. Yeah, and it seemed like the goal that went in from Chicharito was sort of like. Uh, oops, it went in or, or things like that. And to me, it seemed like there was it was more, the play was a lot more cohesive and more dominant in the mm-hmm. game versus the United States than it was in this last game. Sure, they had possession and everything, but there just wasn't, you know, it was, it was sort of different the way the possession was handled and didn't look as dominant as as it was versus the United States, but... Well, the approach was different, at least tactically speaking. Uh, there was no three-man midfield. Uh, there wasn't really a defensive midfielder. And um, we were used to, over the past two years almost, we were used to getting width from our wingbacks. And from now on, we're going to get that usually from the, either the midfielders or the wide forwards maybe in a 4-3-3. So... Uh, I, I agree with you. It wasn't uh, it wasn't really much to analyze in that sense because El Salvador didn't really put up much of a fight. Um, but there were some differences um, that I think are interesting. Which, they're interesting, but they're hard to really judge in a sense. But there, there still isn't much that we can sort of uh, pinpoint towards uh, any sort of progression, really, uh, or any 
stagnation or anything of the sort because, again, El Salvador didn't really, wasn't a test at all. I was surprised. I, I honestly thought that uh, El Salvador was going to park the bus for 90 minutes. Uh, and to their credit, you know, even though they didn't really put up much of an attack, um, they did have, you know, they, they did try to uh, beat, you know, Mexico in the counter, you know, a couple times. It was um, a last missed touch usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, you know, one or two guys would just basically try to to, to beat the, the the Mexican defense, but uh, that would. Um, I mean, those. That's probably the only thing that worried me about uh, about the game was that you know, uh, with a better team, Mexico has to be careful with with uh, their back line. I mean, because if they're going to push numbers. The way they did, and I and I suspect that for you know parts of the game tomorrow against Honduras, they're gonna leave them. They're gonna leave the back exposed, and uh, I just you know they just have to they have to you know keep the lines compact. They have to be you know cut you know make their coverages and everything. I think the game tomorrow it's gonna be completely different, and huh. even the steps gonna be completely different because you know uh, I'm pretty sure he's not gonna go out with. Uh, no defensive midfielder, and, and I and I think that he he will probably take a more defensive approach. He's not gonna go all out like he went out versus El Salvador. I thought that was kind of interesting that he decided to take out a forward and put in a uh este el gallito Vasquez. Yeah, another son, uh, another center um, uh, midfielder. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. He did that, and you know I don't know what he was trying to achieve with that other than have more possession of the ball, but. You know, they were already winning by the time he did that. Was it 2-0 already? So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a, a – I'm not saying you're saying this, but I've heard people say that it was a defensive sub. I don't see it as a defensive sub. Uh, technically, you could say it is because he took out a forward for a midfielder or a midfielder that at least has more defensive duties. But uh, at least the way it played out on the field – it allowed Herrera and, and Andres Guardado to push up a little bit more. And it also gave Corona and Vela a bit more freedom to sort of roam and find a little bit more gaps. Um, because the first 20 minutes of the first half, uh, Corona, mostly Corona really, uh, was really having her, having his way with with the Salvadorians. Uh, and Vela was, was not really as incisive, but he still... He was moving and you know trying to find spaces. Uh, if anything, we I think you know Vela on the right wide. Um, I think it's probably the the one thing you can look at as as a, somewhat of a negative because he didn't really stay wide and he also didn't combine with Layun all that well. So that side was a, was easier to nullify even for El Salvador than the opposite side. Uh, because Vela ended up just drifting towards the middle anyway. So, and, and Leyun obviously, I mean, we talked about it last week. You know, it shouldn't be that hard of a transition. He has played right back before. But the truth is, he, he, you know, at least in the moment, he's more accustomed to playing on the left. So he, he, he didn't have, um, he wasn't sharp in that sense. And, I mean, there's been, there was talk about how the few times that he did get forward, especially towards in the second half, how, he simply just shifted the ball to his left foot in order to cross. And I think, at least in my appreciation, 
a lot of that was uh, because of technical mistakes in the way that that he would set up to cross the ball. There was a couple in particular where he had a bad touch and allowed the Salvadorians to get near him, close him down, so he simply just switched it to his left foot in order to put a cross. And it wasn't like, I didn't think it was more, I didn't think it was a comfort thing where he, he simply just shifted the ball over to his left because he's accustomed to it. It was more like, you know, a technical fault on his part, not a clean reception, and thus he had to switch it back to his left in order to get the, the, uh, the cross in and or simply what he also did. Yeah, and, and, and you know, he, he was doing that on the left during the Gold Cup, you know, instead of doing the, the getting the cross in early, he would take an extra touch and simply run out of space, and he would just simply cut it back and go around to his other foot. So I don't really think that was a problem within itself, but but it does sort of kind of gives credence to the to to the people who think that he should be on the opposite flank. My my uh, my concern is well, you know, the the game in, in, in Honduras for tomorrow is is. I, I would I would have to say that it's more important for Honduras than it is for Mexico, because obviously Mexico already has three points. Honduras doesn't have a you know they lost against uh, Canada. Yeah. So I mean, just by that, Honduras is going to have to open up. I mean, that's they, they they're going to have to. And if Osorio is smart, I think you know if he's smart, I think he would look at the game against the U.S. and the game against uh, Argentina. And go back and, and, and use you know Mexico's you know five line the way Piojo and the way Tuca were doing it, and you know I think that four three three. No 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 the five the, the back line of five and oh. I, and I, I and I would put players in their you know in the positions where they you know they're comfortable right now. I would put you know I would put you know what's his name uh, Layun obviously back on in, uh, on the left. Um, that's as far as as far as putting in you know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put in Chicharito with uh, with Peralta or, or you know or Jimenez. Um, I would you know I would just keep. I would I would play with one center forward. And I would and I would you know. Sorry, those are my kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but but I I, I wouldn't hey. I wouldn't play with two for I wouldn't play with two forwards. I would I, because. I would play with I would play with you know forwards that can create on the attack and not necessarily play for you know you know with their backs to the goalpost because so what, I'm do the, do I'm go park in the bus no 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 not necessarily but I, I would I would I would basically do what the the, the Nets you know do to, to you know do to Mexico just play the cat and mouse game and just beat beat uh, beat them in the back. Gotcha. You know well, uh, I mean, what, what I noticed. What can you guys hear me? I'm sorry. What yeah, I noticed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I noticed, uh, what, what he did in the once he took out uh, Chicharito and he took out Peralta, I thought uh, finishing wise uh, Chicharito had a bad game, and obviously, uh, I yeah. mean, he was still moving well. I think Peralta really, he seems, he looked out of form. He looked, he didn't look comfortable. And uh, yeah. you guys mentioned about, uh, uh, you know, once once he once he took them out and put in Jimenez, uh, like uh, Chris mentioned, Vela had more freedom, and I thought too. Uh, what I noticed is when he took those two out and he, he moved to a 4-3-3, I noticed on the sideline he had a, a sub-meeting with his his coaching staff. I don't know if you guys caught it. Uh, you know, he had a – I don't know all their names. I don't remember all their names, but one of them is what Bolillo Gomez, right? One of, no, and, uh, no, one of his assistants. No, and, no, no, no. no. You know, or what's his no. name? 
I know, but you know what? It was without Baños. I didn't see Baños, but anyways, he had he, he had his three assistants uh, with Osorio, and they kind of they were looking at the four three three. And uh, I mentioned, I know, I noticed uh, after the after the game, he gave a press conference that uh, that they, they the subs that they made, they were thinking about the the Honduras game. So I think kind of Ronnie's right. They are gonna. He's probably is gonna approach the Honduras game with one center forward. Now my question is, uh, is Jimenez that guy? You know, yes. you think he yes. he convinced him enough? Well, and, yes and, and, no. I think I think go on. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Well, I had another sub question. Was you know Dedos? He did a lot better than Layun on the right. Uh, as far as far as the right back, he, he you know he combined better with Vela. Obviously, there was more space. There was more space. So I don't know if if uh, if he would have gave Layun a chance. To kind of adapt to the to the to the four three three, maybe he would have looked a little better. I don't know, but I did notice uh, Lopez looked a lot more comfortable. But uh, Osorio did correct him a few times. I don't know. I'm sure you guys caught that one too. Yeah. But, yeah. So, anyways, that was two questions for you guys. Yeah, yeah. You, you, re- you re- Ronnie, real quick. Um, to your point, I think that yes, he should look at the USA game and the Argentina game. That should be his basis for this game. But I don't think he'll go with a back line of five or 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 three. Central Three. defenders. I think I think he's just going to simply go with Jimenez on the wing, kind of like Tuca did, and hopefully use Jimenez as a two-way sort of weird sort of uh, I don't even know how to call it a uh, a wide you know forward slash midfielder in order to get something out of him both on both sides of the ball. So I think he'll take that and use it, but I don't think he'll go with a three-man backline. They're saying so, Jimenez is injured or has a, a slight knee injury. Yeah. Well, that would be a problem. Well, the reason I bring up the Argentina game is because uh, the coach, after, at, you, know, all, you know, Mexico pretty much imposed the game. You know, they controlled the tempo. But one of the things that caught me, you know, or that you know, caught me by surprise at the end of, you know, was the, the coach basically saying, no, we, we, can, we control the game because if you, if you think about it, Mexico is a team that likes to control possession, but they conceded possession. So in us, you know, we're the ones that control the game. That's what he said. You know, that's what the Argentine. That's, that's what Martino said. Exactly. Which is, is, it, it, that's one way of looking at it. Well, that's how he said it because because you know he said that Mexico likes to control possession, which is true. But you know, you know, and the reason I say that Osorio needs to look at that game is because you're you know you're going to have Honduras. You know that that they're going to attack. You know that they're going to leave a lot of uh, space. You know, spaces in the back. So it's like. Well, why not do the same thing that you did against Argentina, which who's you know obviously you know better? And I don't I don't see the point of playing two nines, you know, two forwards in the back and, and stuff like that. I'd say you know what, beat them on the counters attack and control the game. Concede, could even concede possession for you know I'm not saying concede possession the entire game, but say you know concede possession and control and control it, neutralize it in the in in the middle and just beat them in the back. I mean, you want to do that in the home games or not? The way they played against Canada. Well, I've I've always I've always said I've always said this, and and, and the reason I say say this is because you know like, you know like you know and I go and I'm going back to La Puente and stuff like that. You know, back you know back in the Nicaragua days, and obviously when he was a coach, I, I have a lot of respect for you know La Puente as, as as a tactician because one of the things that you know sometimes I ha- how he would break the bunkers. Was not throw more men, you know, not throw more forwards. You know, he would sometimes say, okay, well, he would just concede possession and get them out. 
you know, he would basically just, you know, get them out by just giving the ball, you know, back to them. And, and that way they, you know, they, they're forced to, you know, to, to advance and go up. So I'm like, well, these guys, you know, the endurance, Unless, they're going to have to, they're going to have to play up. So I said, take know, advantage of it. Ronnie, I don't think the, those uh, teams are that naive anymore, and they might just give the ball right back. <laughs> Which I think you don't want to give up gonna, points. Is it going to be like the Sergeant Bilko boxing match? Like, I don't know if you guys ever watched that movie. Where, <laughs> where two, boxers, two boxers are both in, in the fix, and they're not trying to hit each other, and then they both yeah. hit each other, and they both you know knock each other out. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Uh, yeah. I got to be honest. I don't... Um, I don't know if, in that sense, if the Argentina game is much of a parameter because I don't. I, I, we all know I don't think Honduras, uh, at least this version of Honduras, is is all that great in possession. Um, and no, I think, but in that, in that sense, I think that if anything, if, if he's going with the idea of, of of maybe backing off a little bit and letting Honduras come so we can have spaces, I still don't think he'll revert to that backline of three. I think if anything, he'll you he'll really will employ more wide midfielders in a sense of like maybe a Dom or an Aquino. Um, maybe Corona. I don't know if you I don't know. I mean there's been a lot of talk about maybe he won't start, maybe he will. Uh, I, I think that overall uh, the pressure is on Honduras a little bit more than Mexico. And I think that will work to our favor. Um, and and one thing about Osorio is that he, he does have a, a very good capacity to read games as they are progressing, and so if, if whatever he comes out with doesn't seem to be working, he will make changes. He will definitely change things up, and it really won't be man-for-man -man subs in order to maintain any sort of tactical discipline. It will be, much like we saw on Friday against El Salvador, it will be a different tactical approach, hoping to, to find something else, something different. But um, I, don't, I don't expect it to be a, a, an overly complicated game. Uh, I think that I think that Honduras is going to look – they're probably going to come out with some variation of that 4-5-1 because they know that Mexico can do damage, uh, you know, on, on different on different levels. And at the end of the day, um, I think with with, uh, with Torres Nilo being injured, I think this is a pretty good opportunity for Osorio to simply just do the logical thing and slide Ladun to the left and maybe play Delos on the right and, and, and sort of – See how that works out. I mean, and if Torredillo's out and Jimenez is out, I think more than anything, Jimenez is the one who's going to change things up because he likes Jimenez a lot. He likes his work rate and he likes what he brings to the table. And he's probably was planning on using him from the start tomorrow. And if he's out, then you can probably expect definitely Chicharito will start. And I wouldn't be surprised if Oribe starts, which I'm not sure he deserves to after uh, after Friday's game. You guys didn't like Fuentes? He, he thought Fuentes was good. I thought Fuentes was decent, but honestly, I don't know, if, again, if El Salvador was much of a parameter. And I don't really know if I want to blood him in in a game where this is the best chance for Mexico to pick up three points in Honduras probably over the last two to three years. World Cup cycles. So, yeah. at least. so I, I, there's got to be a good balance of, of cautious but also incisiveness. And I'm not sure that Fuentes... Uh, I mean, he could if he starts and, and he does well. I mean, I, I think we'd all be a little bit surprised, not because of his quality or perceived lack of quality, simply because the the logical move is to simply slide Leyun to the left. He plays in a flat back four in Porto as a left back. And why would you not? I mean, this is almost like 
the, the that, sky that, and the stars and the gods telling them just just slide him back over to the left and play. And that's that's my point. That's my point. I said there's no you know Osorio doesn't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, go with what works right now. And, and, because I mean, if he if he gets the three points, if they get the three points in 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 in, uh, in, uh, in Honduras tomorrow, you can pretty much guarantee Mexico in the hex. You know. Sure. And that I mean, if anything, you know, secure, get the three points tomorrow, and then you know, I understand he's a you know he wants to you know start I guess doing what he wants to do with the team, and he's entitled to it. He's the coach, but you know, I I don't he doesn't I don't see the need for him to start experimenting not now. And uh, I mean, you have like you know, there's partido molero games. That's, that's what they're there for. You know, but I, you know. I'm sorry, uh, Ronnie. This is only his second game with the national team, so I think. Yeah, I mean you're right. Maybe maybe well, no. just stick with stick with the guy that's that's been playing that position. I mean he's not he's not yeah. have. But you know, defending wise, I don't think that's his best quality. But again, this is Concacaf, so Layun's level. You know, I think you know, even, I, even defending wise, it's, it's not really a liability. I, 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 I brought okay. up uh, last week. I brought up I brought up uh, you know La Volpe's uh, tenure at Boca Juniors. How basically he was given a team. Uh, it was an unstoppable team. Every tournament that Basile played, well, you know they lifted. They won the you know the, the thing, whether it be Sudamericana, whether it be Libertadores, whether it be league. And then you know you know La Volpe came in, basically with like you know the league already almost you know wrapped up, and you know and, 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 well he threw it away. He changed everything. Exactly, you know, he changed. You and know, now they sing songs to his mother, right? Every time they see him. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's to me, it's like that. I said, you know what? I said, you know, Osorio. I said, you know, he doesn't need to be changing things up right now. He said, just you know. Hey, dude. Yeah. But this goes back to what La, La, La Puente said. Hey, this group—they're not that good. What they've been doing the the last the last uh, World Cup is not that good. So. I think that gives Osorio, uh, Osorio kind of license to change things up because I mean the one of the biggest uh, you know maybe one of the best reputations as far as uh, Mexico managers is concerned you know he's he's pretty much throwing the whole players under the bus. I don't. You know, I don't. I, form- I, honestly, I don't even think Osorio cares. You what La Ponte says. No, I, mean, I wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't right. I you know, if, if Osorio, if, if Osorio really cared. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have started criticizing the Mexican coaches from day one. No, but yeah. but he didn't though. Let's let's not be disingenuous about it. He was asked. He was asked about his experience as a coach and why specifically why there are so many Colombian coaches that are coaching outside of Colombia right now and why they are not coaching the national team. And he said simply that, given the nature of the, it's, this is natural over over you know over Latin America, simply because they were they they couldn't find opportunities. In Colombia, so they just branched out, and that, that's that's true. And he said that Mexican coaches could benefit from the same. If they don't feel like they're getting the same recognition at home, they can simply branch out. And, and I mean, but but he used complacency, meaning they're fu- they're they're happy with the pay- getting the big paychecks here. Is that a, is that a lie? Is that is that not true? No, well, it's not complacency. I mean, if you have South America, we, you know, and I don't want to, you know, get into this all again. But if you're having Matosas, if you're having, you know, these play, you know, these coaches that are not want to coaching in there, and they could coach, they could coach in their in their countries, but they know that they right, can get paid money. more. They they, they they know that's that they can get paid more money in Mexico. Right. I mean, that's so. That's, but but I mean, which I goes against your point, yeah. actually. They, they come here. You know what? To I, get money. 
I don't even think his comments his comments are that negative. It is just the press taking things out of context. Like for example, Tomas Boy's interview. You you gotta take the tone. Hold on. Well, let me just express it. You gotta take the tone of the conversation into context. For example, Tomas Boy, they they ask him, "Hey, what do you think about Osiro?" He goes, "You know what? I don't know anything about him. I don't know how they how they heard about him." That's basically his point. And then they come out with, "Hey, you know, Tomas Boy says that." you know why the hell did they pick that guy and that's not really what right, 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 was right. saying he was just right. saying you know what I just I can't comment because I, I don't know anything about him I don't know how the how the the federation you know drew his name and so you know hopefully and I, I don't think he, he was kind of really? neutral about it just like hey, I don't know anything <laughs> you know the press does that I mean sometimes uh, sometimes there, there is something there but I think in this Case is just nothing. Well, because uh, I've never, this, you know, to me, uh, I'm gonna bring this back to uh, to the Honduras game real quick. And uh, the only, the only, the only sensible thing about playing like you on the right again would simply be the matchups that he would face uh, on his side of the field. Um, and that that would be the only thing where you could say, well, okay, that makes sense. Going up against Emilio Aguirre, I guess, you know, you battle speed with speed. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I'm with Ronnie on this one, and I think that this again, this is a great opportunity for Osorio to just sort of appease everybody, and, and and not that he has to, but to make things a little bit easier on himself. Because at the end of the day, if if he plays a unit on the right, and Mexico wins two three zero, there is not going to be a lot of room for criticism anyway. But if it doesn't go well, he's simply going to expose himself unnecessarily. Um, whether or not we agree that. You know, we can all agree or disagree that maybe it's not a big deal to play the unit on the right, or or it is a big deal, or it's a big change, or it's not. It, it's it's a it's sort of an unnecessary uh, way for him for him to expose himself. But but if it works, we're not going to be really talking about it next week. Well, here, here, here's well, here's my problem with you know here's my problem with you know like you playing on the on the right. Well, obviously. You know he's right. You know obviously he's right-footed. Uh, so really, all he's going to be doing is basically just you know throwing you know you know crossing into the into the box. You know sending crosses. Well, as opposed to if he's on the left side, not only can he equally you know center the ball you know center to the box with his left you know naturally, he can also cut inside and and go for the you know the mid-range shot. So I mean you're 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 basically he, he can he can be deadlier in two ways as opposed to one. Now, I'm not saying that like you can't strike with his left because he he has before. But yeah, I'm just but, saying, I'm, but I'm just it, saying that he, he's better when you're doing obviously with your natural foot. Right, but one of the things one of the things Osorio talked about when uh, a couple of weeks ago was the fact that one of the main reasons he wants Leon on the right is because on the left, whether it's as a left back or as a wing back, he tends to end up occupying the same spaces as Guardado when Guardado pushes up. And I think that's an excellent observation because he does that. He does that, and, and all it really ends up doing is slowing down whatever transition we can get forward. And it happened a lot during the Gold Cup. And it's an issue for me because if you win the ball back and are moving into transitioning into the offense quickly, like Ewan doesn't release the ball quickly. He's a guy that gets a lot of touches on the ball, and that's fine in some situations, but if the idea is to get the ball to the forwards quickly, that's not a strength that Yoon has. And he and he's still there's remnants of that that he still does it at Porto, except that he's 
not doing it as much, and 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 he's also gaining the trust of his teammates over there. With Mexico, he he feels more confident, and I don't personally like that when we build an offensive play. And by we, obviously, I'm not a part of the team, but as a fan, I don't like the fact that it always ends up ends up at the feet of Leyun whenever the ball's on the left, and that's usually where the play dies. Um, there is not a lot of uh, we can look at his play with Porto the past couple of weeks, but there's a greater sample size of what he's done with Mexico over the past year that indicates that he does have trouble letting go of the ball in a timely fashion. And so if by putting him on the right means that he's simply going to just occupy the flanks and quickly put the ball into an offensive position, that's fine by me if it works. But if it doesn't work, then the natural progression would be to simply sign back to the left and, and just drill it into his head to get rid of the ball quicker, but he does, the, the truth of the matter is he does end up occupying a lot of the spaces that Guardado does, and that's, to me, that's sort of redundant because that's, what happens is when you lose the ball, they're both out of position. And if they lose I the ball because Layun can't get rid of it quickly enough, that's even more of a problem for me. I think Layun has been playing really well in, in, in Porto recently on the left, and not just with, uh, with uh, shots like cutting back and shooting, but he made a couple of good assists to the guys in the center, like almost uh, typical of Rafa Marquez type assists, like over the top and um, for their fours to score sure. goal. Sure. Uh, I remember sure. one cross, I think it was with Mexico, where he hit it with his left foot for, I forget if it was Vela or Chicharito for a goal. And I don't even remember the game, but um, he's made some good crosses. I think, but I think we tend to remember a lot of the bad crosses that he does with his left foot as well as Aguilar would do some horrible crosses. But uh, I think there's more benefits with him on the right or on the left. And then Guardado not necessarily getting too close to him, but being more in the center. I'm sorry. If you're Osorio, do you want Tecatito with the ball at his feet or do you want Layun with the ball at his feet? That's that's and kind of the stuff thing. Happening. You know? but, but here here's the thing. If you're, if you're having a problem, you know, with him, you know, keeping the ball too long, it's because your other players are not rotating fast enough. So basically, you're rather than playing with two nines, which I, I don't, I'm, I, I'm against. Play with a one nine. You have your seven, and you have your you have your basically your seven, your nine, and your eleven basically your rotating. Seven. Yes, you know? yes, and no, yes, and no. I think that it's yes, it's an issue with movement. Yeah. Uh, at times, but it's all, but I, but I, I mean, I, I, I do think that you know, and I don't want to be redundant here, but I do think that like Yoon has that. That's one of the things that he's that he has been like Beto said he's been sharpening that at Porto, but here's here's my point. If you look at what Dedos did when he came in for 20 minutes on Friday, um, he was putting he was pumping the ball in early on the run, like we talked about last week. Filtered pass onto him, he takes a touch, and he's putting the ball in, you know, from 30, 20, 25, 30 yards out. Layun doesn't really do that, and but he's done it at Porto, which is kind of what. What's well, a little weird to me because he he had two of his assists. I think it was maybe two weeks ago, back-to-back games where with early crosses, where he wasn't simply just diddly down on the ball and and taking touches. It was simply like he got the ball, looked up, pumped it in. I think that's what Osorio is looking for, which is something that he's that Leun is capable of doing. I think we just want to see more of that. We want to leave the offensive build-up to the offensive players. Leun can be a compliment to that. But he should not be the guy that's executing a play at the end of a, a passing sequence or or, or, or a counterattack or a transitional play. 
You're saying he's not the Mexican equivalent of uh, Roberto Carlos? No, or he's Emerson? not. <laughs> no, he's not. He's got some good qualities, you know, but I don't. I personally don't want him to be the guy who pulls the trigger. That's what I'm saying, simply. You know what I'm wondering if if he will even play because, I mean, you think his confidence is is, is shaking right now because he really didn't look comfortable on Friday at all. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, he on. didn't look very comfortable. But I, I, I would like to see at least a few more games of him playing on a ride before we can say whether or not it's it's a failed experiment. I mean, it part of me does think that it is a bit of a waste of time, but, I mean, who knows? I, I, I personally hope that he actually does get a, another run playing on the ride because I think, at least judging by uh, Osorio's words, I, I honestly don't see him changing his mind on this. I agree. Um, I don't see him playing on the left ever. Um, unless there's a real, like, like a string of injuries that re- literally forces him to. I don't think he's, philosophically, I think he, he's really dead set on, on, on not playing someone that's not naturally left, left-footed on the left. So I think he's going to go with Fuentes, even though I personally was really unimpressed. I did, and I personally actually liked what Lopez did on the right. But... I think uh, we're actually we're probably going to see both Lopez and Fuentes. Um, I don't think they're going to give Lyon uh, the start. He'll give Lyon the start. You missed El Globito uh, that Fuentes did on those Salvadoreños? Yeah. yeah, the sombrerito, man. Yeah. He had a couple of nice defensive plays, too, yeah, uh, in the second half. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm with Dan on this. I, I'm, at the end of the day, you know, if the options Fuentes or Lyon on the left, I mean, I think it's almost a no-brainer. But I'm willing to give Rosario the benefit of the doubt on this he's one. Got, he's got Torres Nilo, right? Uh, Torres Nilo is apparently injured. Uh, Torres Nilo is also in the squad, right? He's injured. Oh, okay. yeah, he's yeah. injured. Yeah. Which is which is what the this is what the problem is now, because um, I think it's pretty clear at this point what Rosario wants from his fullbacks, and uh, the, the the primary option is for them to get down and make you know put cross into the box, uh, cutting in. Is probably you know the secondary option. So if Leon can adapt to that, I think he he can make make he can make it work playing on a right. Um, so and, and if, one thing about Leon we all know at this point is that any challenge that he's faced, he's been able to overcome, whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch. So I'm not really that I'm not ready to write him off, but I do have my doubts about whether or not it's going to work out for him on a right. On the on football total, and this is just all speculation. They're saying that it would be Miguel Lagun on the right, Ayala and Moreno in the middle, Luis Fuentes on the left uh, for the defense, and then in the midfield, uh, Gallito, Herrera, and Cordado, and then up top, Vela, Tecatito, and Oribe with Chicharito on the bench. <laughs> That's what football total says. So Oribe will be the center forward. No, Oribe looked terrible, man. Oribe looked terrible. Uh, I think I my biggest gripe with Osorio right now. He was a tronco in that game, man. Yeah, he was terrible. You know, uh, Ayala was trash too, man. Like I really thought that that's actually his biggest fail of Osorio to date is that putting uh, lining up Ayala. That was just not a good call. In my is that because he's a uh, Tigres man? Yeah, it sounds like you're saying that because I think I think defensively he yeah. wasn't. <laughs> I think he had some some the few times El Salvador did try to get forward. Ayala was decent, and I'm not 
I've lost a little faith on Yala after the after the Copa America because he really, especially the game against Ecuador, he he was the one who gave that game away. Um, and I'm not sure about his national team future really, but uh, I thought he was okay. I don't know if I would go with him uh, against Honduras, but maybe maybe you know maybe he finds a little bit of confidence under Osorio and he'll surprise us. I mean, he's at a prime age right now. Uh, at the very worst, he could be a good backup. I don't see him as a starter, really. I don't see him. I see, I see guys like like Sancedo over him. I, I don't just don't see him as a starter. He should just be sent back where he came from, because seriously. Hey, didn't Hugo Ayala had a couple. Hugo Ayala had a couple runs, didn't he? Where he kind of yeah, help try to help with the build up and some yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He uh, Salvadorian the, defense. I think yeah, he, he had a header even that he had a chance to even score. But he missed yeah, that. he missed that one. It went a little wide, but it was oh, wide he, open. He missed a header. Um, it's just, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I, had, I had big hopes for him. He, he was looking like a very promising player, you know, but, but he hasn't really, he hasn't reached that level that we expected of him. But he, I really don't know if he's the right call in Honduras because he's a little slow-footed and he tends to get lost and he, he kind of just, sometimes it's like he's playing video games in his head and like things pass him by. And I don't think that's the right game for him against Honduras, to be honest. <laughs> you know? He's, he's right playing Tetris. He's, he's playing like Tetris in his head and stuff. Yeah, he's just like like minute, like a minute or two in between the games, and he's just like, oh, what happened? Oh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I got to play. It's I, I don't really – I don't like that. I don't like when defenders sort of tune out like that. And and, and for a guy with his – he's a very, he's got a very good skill set, but, but something is not quite right about him as a player and – Again, I don't think – well, this again, this Honduras team, this might be a good sort of test for Mexico in the sense that, you know, we can get three points. But uh, it could be one of those Masa moments where a brain fart here or there and, and you end up – you know, you, you end up leaving with one point. Wait a minute. It wasn't a Masa brain fart, dude. That was Carlos, Carlos Costi. I know. Uh, he dove, I get it. But buying, uh, Masa, Masa yeah. has had his moments, you know. In that state, yeah, but I mean, in that game, you can't ask Massa to not mark the guy. You know, you can't let him no, drive he, through and sh take a shot. Which, uh, no, no, you're right, you're right. I mean, uh, Massa, I'm sorry if you listen to this. I, I, I know you had a decent game two years ago <laughs> in Honduras, but, but I mean, in generally speaking, it's hard to Massa, that was. That, that's one of his biggest death. One of the biggest things about Massa was that he he kind of tuned out during crucial moments at times, and and it just like it doesn't matter if he played well for eighty minutes, eighty five minutes. There was a few minutes where he just kind of like, you know, he was just you know chasing butterflies, and you're like ah, you know. But yes, Juan's right. That that wasn't particularly his fault, but in general speaking, the point stands. I mean, I think that Ayala has that sort of that same sort of trait to him. There, he just kind of goes missing for a little bit there, and that's what. Can end up, you know, costing you a game, and that's, you know, I think Reyes can also do that, but I think to a much lesser extent. So I'd rather risk it with Reyes than to go with my, uh, with my, with uh, with Ayala. With, so. <laughs> with Masayala. Masayala. Reyes would probably Masayala. Reyes would probably fit his game plan a little better. Ronnie was talking about uh, maybe being a little bit more. Ver against teams that are that are trying to bunker, and I think uh, that was kind of the approach. Because I, I know in the Twitter chat, uh, Jolie and I think Ronnie they brought up that you know it looks like puro pelotazos, but really 
they were a lot of them came from Ayala, which I think that's kind of his role right yeah. now to kind of distribute from the back and, and find. Yeah, but the thing yeah, is, like, I don't well, know. But, I don't see, know if I would say Right, but the thing is, like, during those times, people were saying that there was puro pelotazo. I don't really see it that way. I mean, a, a yeah, third I don't either. To, to the foot of your of your wide midfielder, that's not really a pelotazo, you know, in my view. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know. Very if direct, I, very vertical. You, you know, it was you 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 sort of you're jumping a line, you jump in the midfield to get the ball to the forwards quicker. If you do that repeatedly and it's not accurate, then that's a problem. But if if you're connecting the passes and and you know you're taking advantage of the space and it's not really a pelotas on my point of view. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm just mentioning that these guys uh they brought. I think that was Uwayala's role was to distribute, which yeah, no, it's yeah, it's sort uh, of that Rafa kind of thing. This yeah. Is, well, that this is why I always bring up Jonathan dos Santos, man. That's exactly what he'd be able to do, sitting from deep, you know, in the pivote role. Hey, I'm gonna not, keep hammering on that any, every chance I get. Well, on that note, uh, Tom Marshall, um, from training, he said that the lineup that they were using was uh, uh, JDS was in it, but it was Talavera, Lopez, uh, Castro, Moreno, Fuentes, Reyes, oh. Guardado, JDS, Tecatito, Jimenez, Peralta. We take out no, take out Castro and put put uh, Vasquez. We're good. Well, so they, wait, Vasquez, did Vasquez is in there too. What's the midfield? No, Castro. Alejandro Castro. Castro. JDS. I don't know how I feel about Alex Castro. I know. But, uh, I'm not going to pay, pay much attention to that because, you know, the the lineups that he was using in practice for the first El Salvador game. Yeah, they were all it, over the place. Yeah, they were all over the place. I'm not putting much, you know, uh, stock into that. But uh, anything, yeah. else, anything else that we want to say about uh, uh, the Endurance game before we what move you- on to the next... Were you guys surprised by Moises Munoz being the starting keeper? No. 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 Not really. Ochoa has been not playing, so he didn't deserve to start. Now, do you guys think uh, do you guys think Mexico's goal will be uh, they will see more shots on goal in the Honduras game? Well, yeah. Yeah. Mexico had quite a we. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, there, there is. There's not a lot we can discern from the El Salvador game, but at least. If we take that really, really small sample size and compare it to, and it's not fair, but if we compare it to what we've seen in the last qualifying cycle, um, chances were created. We did have some uh, penetration uh, into the offensive third, and the team it didn't wasn't really very deep settle. <laughs> all you, but all you need is a tip, right? Said. <laughs> all you need is the tip. The tip is enough, right? Um, <laughs> I, I thought there's there's there was there was uh, again it's just a very small sample size but there was a little bit of a progression there. I'm not ready to attribute that to Osorio. I'm ready more than anything to say that the players are much more aware of what could go wrong for them in the hex or at least in the qualifiers, and there is a sort of a greater amount of concentration and, and willingness to take a little bit more risk. Offensively, not entirely sure it's Osorio, to be honest. But but the players, I think, do know what is at stake, and they know that they don't really want to go through what happened last time. Christian, do you think Osorio ever really plays um, defensively? At least from a little I, I gather, it, he doesn't no. seem to be no, a very. He's not a, he doesn't believe in in playing defensively. 
Uh, even though he's a guy that likes to adapt his teams and his lineups to sort of counteract whatever strengths the, the, the opponent may have, he will never really be defensive. It's not really a thing that he liked or he believes in. But, but again, you know, the thing is, like, he can put out a, a, an offensive lineup, quote-unquote, and as the game develops, the players may simply naturally begin to drop back and, and you know, kind of like what Miguel Herrera was saying and during the World Cup when they, when they questioned him about taking out Gio and putting Aquino in, and he said that's not a defensive sub. And technically speaking, he's right. He didn't throw Aquino out there to be a defender. He told him to go out there and, and help. He took the you know? Right. And it's simply the game, the pace of the game dictated by Holland meant that all the lines got compressed further and further back. And that's, so it seems like it was a defensive sub, but it really wasn't, you know, at least on paper, but that's not the way it played out. So, yeah, Osorio, at least from the beginning, he will not be defensive, but that's one thing from his, the way that he would sort of do it and the way that it happens on the field, it could be something different. Hey, you guys think, uh, Talavera will, will be the starting keeper? Isn't he a little better at uh, corners? Is, is he a little better at corners? Or just for this game? No. Well, what's the height advantage uh, here from Honduras? I'm not entirely sure there is much of a height advantage. Um, Moy's been fine. I mean, he's been, you know, doing really well with his club for the last three, four years. You know, I... Even after the car accident... You know, there's like really no point. I mean, you know, right now you can go with them. I mean, Talavera's, you know, obviously, you know, he's he's a fine choice too. But Moy, you know, he's fine. Uh, Memo's fine. Uh, Chase uh, Osorio did say there are going to be some changes. Um, yeah. Some of them are going to stay, but which is sort of like I guess what we were complaining about. Uh, I guess last week about Osorio that too many changes and things like that, but. Uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Talavera in there. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised by anything at this point, you know, which is kind of cool, but it isn't. I still got my fingers crossed. Bella, we'll see, uh, Ochoa. Bella is a nine. I wouldn't start Bella, to be honest. I don't. I don't he think might, he, he had a particularly good game. Might put him nine, dude. I don't think he had a particularly good game. Yeah, you know. He looked better once, because uh, I think there was a lot of congestion in the beginning, yeah. and obviously he was getting. Basically, uh, you know, kind of pressed out of the game. There was no space on his wing. And Tecatito, they were kind of leaving Tecatito open. Which, yeah. A lot more room. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, uh, but no, you're right. Vela had a better game once once they moved to a 4-3-3. But I still still am not sure that, that he deserves to start based on his overall performance. I think you can give, if you're looking for width, and someone that can give that to you on both sides of the ball, I think you can go with either, you know, I think uh, Jurgen Dom could be a good option in that sense. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know <laughs> you don't want to commit to saying Aquino, huh? I, Aquino, no, 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 por Dios, no. I don't know. I, I mean, I, 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 would, I would love for him to have a really, really good game, and I could be like, okay, I was wrong. I, I will gladly admit I was wrong. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I don't, I don't see his strengths. Uh, in the league, have been have, have he's he's shining in the league right now. I'm not entirely sure that that the things that he does well, he'll do them well enough at the international level, even if even if it is the Concacaf level. That's just my opinion. Hey, he was good enough to help uh, to be key in the gold medal, man. Hey, don't sell him short. 
No, no, of course. No, he had a tremendous game. Definitely the uh, the, the the gold medal uh, the final. final, but and you the know semifinal too. Yeah, no, he yeah, yeah. But I mean, like even the Senegal game, if you think about it, like if if if, if a team wants to shut him down, I think it's a lot easier for a team to shut him down than it is for him to uh, to sort of overexert himself to, to do things better or, or well enough to to beat his physical limitations. If he, you know, if Osorio plans to uh, press uh, the Honduras, <clears throat> I think you know just Aquino's work rate is a just a bonus on that, and it fits in perfectly to that type of game plan because that guy is yeah. you know, he's got an engine on him. He never, never say hey, die attitude. I'm I'm uh, I'm perfectly willing to come on here on Wednesday night and tell you guys that I was wrong. But if he does play, I hope I hope he does it well. But I have my doubts about him. Yeah, he needs space to play. And they're gonna if they bunker, then he's not gonna get that space. Then then Tecatito needs to do his magic, which I didn't mm -hmm. think he played too good in El Salvador, but he had some good. I think he almost tunneled two people at the same, or you know, one right after the other, which was pretty yeah. cool. But I think yeah. he did beat the defender. Yeah, but he bumped <laughs> Maybe his final pass I wasn't the best, but absolutely. I mean, it, it seemed like he got past the, the the right back every single time he went up against him. Yeah, he had on his pocket, man. I was that he's just a joy to watch. I think he had a, offensively he was our best player, I think, when it came to one v one duels. I mean he he did whatever he wanted mostly. Um, I don't know. I mean I think I'd maybe I'd bring him off the bench against Honduras. I think he can do some damage there. But it it, it really is gonna depend. I mean, you know, we we got so used to Miguel Herrera sort of giving us a lineup like three, four days in advance. Uh I don't know what to expect right now as, as regards to uh, tomorrow's game. And I'm, we're probably not even going to know until, like, I think on Friday I was looking and looking and looking, and I, I don't know. At one point it was like half hour before the game, and I was like, oh, well, that's the lineup. Okay, that's that's what he's going with, I guess. What, but One thing I wanted to bring up was, um, I'm not sure if it's a... Uh, um well, I actually, I do think it's relevant uh, with the with a small amount of time between games. Is the weather? It seems like the game is going to be played at high noon or something. Yeah, three um, o'clock Eastern time. Uh, so I think today at around that time it was around forty degrees, thirty nine forty degrees with a with a decent amount of humidity. So, so maybe playing some fresh legs isn't such a terrible idea. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as long as it works, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's a big if. Yeah, yeah I mean, Honduras, I mean, if we talk about Honduras, they had a pretty terrible game against Canada. And Canada is a team that is, has been making slow, incremental gains over the past year. And I'm not entirely surprised that they beat Honduras. I'm just surprised by the way Honduras played. It was, it was really, like, I don't, I don't, given the way the national teams work and how little limited amount of time they have to work and train, I don't really foresee a, a much better performance from Honduras. There will be a lot of effort, sure, because they're playing at home and it's Mexico, but I still don't think that they're going to have a much, much better performance in that sense. So there's a lot of things that Mexicans can, can exploit there as long as the right combination of players are on the field. Hey, that, that Acha might be sharp, though, come tomorrow. Wait, what? I, think I think they better be careful. I think if they don't... Um if they don't even manage, if they don't manage a tie against Mexico, I think the qualifying into the hex is going to get real complicated for them. Because I, I thought they, I'm thinking most Hondurans probably had Canada circled as one of those games that that you should be thinking you're going to take something out of that game if you really want to get out of the group. 
which makes it even funnier when you look at um, like the covers of the newspapers in Honduras. That uh, I think the one today said um, had a graphic of a of a baby, a baby hand, and a grown man's hand, and it said uh, "Say hello to daddy" or something like that. Meaning Mexico hasn't won her in I don't know 50 years or whatever. And they're talking about how Mexico's afraid when they go down there. I, I mean. No, I, what's going to happen is probably I think Mexico is going to pull out a win. I, I'm, I'm, whether it's one or two goals, I'm expecting a win. To be honest, I mean a tie is also fine, but I think I think Dan is on point. I think if Honduras doesn't get three points out of this game, it's going to be very complicated for them to even qualify to the hex. So they might come out really aggressive, really wanting the win, trying their best, um, and maybe a, maybe like what Dan was saying. An alternate lineup, well, not a fully alternate lineup, but with some different players, and with maybe Chicharito not playing or coming in as a sub, might save him from getting hacked and injured, or, or other or other players hacked and injured. Because if they start, if which I think I agree with you that Mexico will probably win, one zero two one or something like that. And uh, if that happens and they get desperate, could be some yeah. hard tackles, some injuries. The lumberjacks are going to come out, man. That's not that's, yeah, exactly. that's the whole Nasraya Nasraya's uh, <laughs> whole thing is like uh, materia prima and, and you know the, the strength and the physicality of these dudes and that's legit man because these guys are huge and strong. That's how Chicharito got his back broken by one of them pushing him. <laughs> his broken clavicle. <laughs> I still remember that. Yeah, dude, it was the Yeah, yeah. That guy was built, man. Yeah, he was he was oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a big boy, yeah. So, on to well, we've we've gone almost an hour. Uh, any other insights into this? If not, the only other topic that I thought of, other than these uh, two games, was uh, maybe the league. Pumas is going to win uh, versus America, I'm sure. On You're Saturday. Sure, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, do you know? Uh, is the uh, is, is the French game still going to be on next uh, tomorrow? Yeah, they say they will. In yeah. England, the England, yeah. In England. Yeah, we're going to see the I was. The Belgium Spain game got canceled uh, today, so they're that that's not going to be played tomorrow. But the man, France England game. I, I, I was. I, I mean, I will say this, man. I was, uh, you know, Tigres, man. They they got a good player with Guignac, dude. And you know, when he scored the second goal and he threw up the, the you know the, Libres y Locos. the signs, yeah, the Libres and Locos. I mean, that, that that was pretty cool to see. But you know, unfortunately, you know what happened. You know, with Paris kind of like you know, put you know everything in perspective. But I was I was glad to see Guignac play. Yeah, he's been a stud, man. He's 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 taken it very seriously, uh, more seriously than even some of the Brazilians and Argentines that have that have come in recently to uh, to Liga MX, which is like you said, it kind of puts things in perspective a little bit. He's been a great great asset for Tigres, and I think it could be a potential market that could be exploited if teams want to spend money in that sense. I've I've always been surprised that Liga MX hasn't done more to market the league outside of this continent. Um, because they're the, the yeah the pace of the game is a little bit slower, but there are some very good teams and there are some there's some good players and um, there could be a market for the, I mean if 
if people in, in Europe are willing to watch MLS games at like you know midnight or one o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, they they might be willing to, to watch a Tigres Monterrey or a America Chivas or you know what have you, and and at least have some sort of reference point with some of the European players if, if they're willing to come here. Well, what what hey. Guignac said, you know, what Guignac said, you know, in an interview was that he said, you know. He he obviously mentioned the, the 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 quality like you know you have a lot of good Mexicans you have a lot of South you know South Americans from you know Colombia Brazil Argentina and then he said that then you like you realize why the Mexican team you know does what it does you know at the international stage you know referring to the World Cup and you know he he's making reference to you know you know the the the, the MFL the Liga MX you know basically being on par with some of the uh, uh, you know, French teams, you know, like the top teams. And, again, like you say, I, I don't understand why, Mexi you know, Mexico doesn't pursue more European players from Tier 2, Tier 3, um, you know, leagues. I mean, I, I know there was a while that... We, 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 there, not, there was a point America where... Do that though? Well, I mean, I remember what was it? Uh, I think it was, I think it was Lucetich, if I recall correctly, where he had like five Croatian players or Remember, like, remember there was like five, you know, players from you know the ex Yugoslavia that were on a team. Uh, shit, I'm trying to remember. Bora. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, this was a couple of years. They're like Zdanko and stuff like that. I mean, I remember there was a, there were a couple of, you know Croatian players and, but I mean, obviously, I mean they should be going, you know, to even even some of the Scandinavian countries. I mean, you know, because of the because of the climate over there, their leagues. Aren't really, you know, they don't really operate with the traditional calendar. So, uh, it'd be nice to to see more, you know, like you said, you know, stop going, stop recruiting in South America. I mean, I mean, still doing it, but not as much, and and go maybe some parts of Africa, Europe. It could be attractive because obviously they're for the players. Also, I think it could be attractive because they see Gignac dominate the Mexican league. And there's maybe another player that may be struggling in Europe um, goes to Mexican league and says, "Oh, I got the skill to dominate this lesser league, you know, not to this." Well, he, <laughs> you know, Galusha and Galusha and America brought him in, right? I well, remember, the thing, uh, they they have brought in African players before. Um, those guys came with me in hockey, though, didn't they? Wasn't yeah, they he the one ben who uh, referred them over? Uh, Ben Hacker. Well, I know he coached. Leo Ben Hacker. Yeah, Leo Ben Hacker. You know, they they were really really good. Um, no, but here's the thing: is you know they've they've brought in Africans, you know, African players before. Uh, and most times it didn't really work out. And the reason I say you know it'd be better, you know, the reason you know obviously it works so well with you know the Latin American players, but even if they go with the European players, is you know the, the Mexican league is a league. Where it's not as much so much physicality, but more so smarts and you know technique and 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 stuff like that. So I guess one of the reasons, you know, I guess the African players that have gone to Mexico haven't really done all that well, with the exception of those two, is because you know, you know that comment, the comment that the um, there's a comment that a commentator made a couple of weeks back uh, that he caught a lot of crap for him. He actually got fired. And, but then you know when he um, when he spoke about about the, the you know the black player, you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. 
Hey, Ronnie, but uh, didn't isn't Jackson Martinez kind of fit that mold, uh, that type of player, the power, the no, 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 Jackson Martinez, obviously, the, the you're talking about the Colombian one, right? Yeah, the Colombian. Well, no, I mean, obviously, they, obviously, they're 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 Latin American, and and they, you know, they have you know, hundred years of you know playing the game with, you know, and playing the right way. Um, but he's but, a, you know, I mean, he's that type of style. The comment, the comment that the you know the the commentator made, you know, which was unfortunate, but you know when you actually saw his interview and what he was trying to say is that, you know, these kids that are coming from these poor areas are not getting the proper training, and and it's and it's true. I mean, hell, even even in some parts of Mexico, it, you know, they have lack, they don't have the proper coaching, they don't have the proper facilities and stuff like that. So when they go to you know leads. Or other countries where it's a little bit more on the brain side and not so much on the physical side, you know, they have a hard time adjusting. And you know, you I, know what, man, uh, I, I kind of ascribe to that, like that type of training where you you want to make the players think. But uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, there's a there's a blogger, I, I don't remember his name, but he's a, uh, I guess he's one of the youth coaches in Spain, and he said, hey, you know, about that whole players that take the time to think. He goes, hey, dude, I don't want my players to think. I want them to just think, to like act fast and think less. Because I guess uh, <laughs> no, there was kind of a no. Back you got better. <laughs> you, you got to think. Killer instinct, man. Yeah, well, that's basically what you, you have the instinct. Like it's you know if you if if you think on the on the pitch, by the time you realize you 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 made a decision, the the opportunity is gone. No, the thinking the thinking you do in your training yeah, through exactly. repetitive right. and it becomes second and it becomes second nature, you know. And I, you know, that's the point, and you know, that's obviously the point that you know people like Angel Capa and, and Pep Guardiola is that you know you 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 know success is just doesn't just happen. It you have to work, for, you know, we have to work for it. through repetition and repetition, you know, La Volpe. Obviously, if you guys have ever seen, if you know, if if you've ever seen that's La Volpe in a training session. I mean, that guy interrupts and interrupts, you know, the, the the practices a lot is because, I mean, he basically wants to teach every little detail as to what, you know, the player's trying to do, you know? Yeah, they, what, they, what they want is, but see, what they're, they're, they're showing is uh, behavior, and, and they, want, they want it to be intuitive. So they're taking the yeah. thinking process out already. Cause they're, so, I mean, well, I don't, I don't know, La Volpe, did, did you... I guess too, since you saw him train, was his training more uh, read cues or repeat patterns? Uh, that I remember, there was a lot of, sh uh, you know, reducido, you know, short spaces. Um, okay. There, there was a lot of set pieces, and, and obviously, you know, it just depending different. I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, it's not like I, I, I saw his practices, you know, like for like days on end. So I mean, I caught, you know, you know, clues and pieces of his practices, you know, but I mean, I remember he was just, you know, he was impulsive, he would, you know, he would blow the whistle a lot, he would stop, he would, you know, obviously scream at his players, not Duca, you know, he wouldn't scream like Duca, you know, but he would, you know, he would basically like, you know, kind of like rhetorical questions, like, why did you do this? I mean, without, you know, it's like, obviously he knows the answer, like, why did you do this? And not, not to make the players seem stupid, but basically, hey, you're out here to do a job, and I want you to think how how to do your job. So yeah. you know, think fast. Yeah, I mean, 
And that's that's why I mean going back to I think I mean I, I hope I hope Gignac, you know, I hope he you know with Gignac, he spreads the word you know it's like hey you know think of you know the Mexican league because it, it it would be nice to to have more players from you know from Europe in, in the uh, Mexican league you know. I think from the, sta- yeah, from the, maybe, from the some of the team standpoints though that maybe should they should be going after that maybe that that fringe player for that fringe NT player that has something to play for because I know some of the criticisms from some of the South Americans that come over to the league they say that there's that they're coming in there for just for the paycheck well it, they know that most of the players aren't ever going to get a sniff at their NT um, maybe if going after these guys that are on that. Or on the brink of of being on there, maybe you can get more of an effort out of them, and not just that paycheck. Yeah. Well. Well. I mean, well. If you're referring to Brazil and you're referring to Argentina, yeah. But if you're going for you know Paraguay, Colombia, you know well, Uruguay and stuff like that, those the, guys the, they are getting the, the, the from those leagues. So I mean, yeah, those guys they I are mean, not included in that because, I mean, I mean, I, I think about Cavanias and on all those great Ecuadorian players that have been in the league, so. Yeah, I, I I would say we are getting the best of those countries, uh, at least to some degree, not less so from Argentina and and Brazil, obviously. But which player would, would you would you bring? What's that? For example, if America was shopping for a player in Europe, which one would you bring? Uh, right now, they're not yeah, all going to work out, though. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You bring, who do you think would work out? You know, like Tigres took a chance on Gignac, and you know it worked out for them. Well, I mean, obviously Gignac had scored what like almost twenty goals in his last season with Marseille. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the guy could score goals in, in the French league, in the League One. Um, it, it's got to be someone not really I, well known. I, I no, 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 no. Crazy. Honestly, right now, I don't want more foreigners in America. We have too many already in there, you know? Well, in any like eight team, of them. In any other Mexican team. Like, say, not to make it a retirement league, but say Griezmann comes when he's, well, right now, instead of saying when he's older. Um, he probably could go to, say, I don't know, Atlas or something. I don't know, just any team and uh, lift them up because pretty much Guignac is is taking all the goal scoring for Tigres and lifting that team on his shoulders. And with some golazos, man, that guy's shooting like from outside, just all over the place. Well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's carrying the team because remember, he went into a team that was already fighting for the, uh, fighting for the, uh, the Libertadores and also, you know, lost a tie, lost a, uh, a final to America, you know, within the last year. So, he came Gignac? to a good team, but what's that? No, I was just going to say, Gignac is a good player, but obviously the one who's having a better season is uh, Funes Mori. He's uh, doing fantastic, phenomenal. And, uh, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know who I would? You know who? <laughs> say it, man, say it. I, 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 are you wearing the Monterey shirt right now? Or do you... He just kissed it. Kissed the crest. Do you, do you... Ever take it off? What's going on here, man? <laughs> what happened? It's, well, I mean, I, yeah, yes. Funes Mori's having a tremendous season, but I think that Guignac has had a tremendous, tremendous impact with Tigres, and I think that, you know, it's undeniable. I mean, the guy just got called back up to the French national team. Funes Mori is lucky 
if his brother calls him while he's with the national team. <laughs> no, I, it is. You know, it, it is. It, it's nice to see. It's nice to see. You know, you know, players like, you know, Guignac would be on the French team, and even even like you know, uh, Argentina's. You know, what's his name? The the, the Nahuel. You know, he was. Uh, well, yeah, you know, for his money. And uh, so it's it it is nice to see, you know, players represent you know Argentina and stuff like that that are in the Mexican league. And and honestly, you know, you know Martino and the Mexican coach, you know, the Argentine coaches in the past, they know the Mexican league, you know. So it's not like they haven't called to the players before. Um, hell, even even when you know when Chelito Delgado and them were there, I mean, there was a point where like you know. Who had three players on the on the national team? Yeah, which brings me brings me to the next question. Uh, in Copa America, like, wasn't the Liga MX the, the 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 league with the most seleccionados for Copa America? Uh, if the article I didn't I well, I didn't I never verified it, but the article that I read it said it you know that it did it was you know the league with the most uh, uh, players. You know, there was a point where like, most of the Paraguay squad was was in Mexico. You know when you had the uh, Cabañas and gosh, I don't yeah. remember other names. I mean but, Dennis Canisa and, and Pablo, Pablo, Pablo Silva. Silva. Yeah, they had Pablo Silva. Uh, yeah, then you had Dennis Canisa. You had uh, obviously you had what's his name, uh, Cabañas. I mean you had a bunch of them. I mean there was Ecuador's also had a bunch of them. Uh, Colombia, you know, not as much, but did have a, you know quite a bit. But in the last in the last twenty years, man, we've had a lot of you know players from Paraguay and Ecuador, you know. Yeah, we've had some Colombians too. Not as many on the national yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Rodallega, uh, that guy was frustrating, man, to watch. Good thing he was an Atlas. Well, let's see. The thing with the yeah. the thing with the Colombian the, the the thing with the Colombian players, it seems like they're hit or miss, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some for some reason, the ones that come into the in the in the Liga MX, you know. Yeah, um, Dorlampa Dorlan was doing pretty good. He's okay. Dido Moreno, I think Dido Moreno has had a more over his time in Liga MX. He's been more has more has had more impact than Pavon. But I mean, I, if, if anything, we should be looking to get more like Edwin Cardona's type of players because that kid. That kid is going to be something else. I, I mean, um, his impact when he came on against Chile was immediate. Immediate. And, and Colombia is building her team around James, and he needs a partner. He needs someone that from the midfield can help him, and Cardona is going to be that player. And he's still very young. What's wrong with Quintero, man? That's why like, it frustrates me. Darwin Quintero is. There are players on. There are players on the Colombian national team. There are some younger players that bring the same qualities that he does. And for some reason, just honestly, Peckerman is not really a fan of Quintero. And I mean, it'd be hard to justify him getting called up right now, given the season that he's had with America. You know. Uh, no, the other Quintero, the the young. Uh, gosh, what's his name? He was with. Oh, he's, he was he's in, in uh, He's playing in, in France right now. He's actually playing pretty well. He is with a national team right now. Um, that's he's more of a specialist, really. I mean, he's. I mean, ability-wise, you could even compare him almost to like Jesus Corona, but Jesus Corona is more dynamic and has more um, 
he's a more incisive player. Quintero is 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 almost like an old school kind of number ten. You know, he, he there's been a lot of talk about him being similar to uh, to Pibe Valderrama. So, I mean, th those kinds of players nowadays, you they're luxuries. They're not. There's not a player that you can really, unless he's an no. extreme. He's a very good player, but but I, I mean, oh, as a dude, number ten. Come on, this is why no, I hate Pickerman. Well, yeah, Pickerman over has, quality yeah. players, man. Yeah, he's he's got he's he doesn't you know he doesn't work well with with very specifically sort of skilled players, but but I mean so far it's worked out for Pegerman. So I mean he's I mean if you look at the team that Colombia put out there uh, against Chile, uh, and I guess we can sort of move the discussion a little bit towards uh, the South American qualifiers. The team that Colombia put out there against Chile only had two players that played in the World Cup. Uh, he's done. At least, as of right now, he's looking to really rejuvenate the team. He put out there Jason Murillo, who's a young center back. And, you know, there's no more Yepes. Uh, he's playing Santiago Arias from PSV, the guy that plays with uh, Moreno and Guardado. Um, he put out a, 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 this kid Torres, who played in, as a center mid. I think he's a player that will be on the radar for Mexican teams, to be honest, because he... He's a player that that uh, if we look at the the Mexican under 17 team, the recent team, he's very similar to Cervantes, the mid, the center mid from Chivas. Obviously, just you know a little more mature and a little more polished, but he's he's a guy that plays equally well on both sides of the ball. I think he's a guy that if he doesn't start drawing interest from Europe, which I think he will, he will probably end up in Mexico as, and and use that as a stepping stone. I think he'd be a great great player. He could really play well in Mexico. But 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 hey, Peckerman, yeah. All I heard from you was a hundred excuses for Peckerman. Cause look in the leg, and who was on the bench? Well, there was yeah, there was some. Well, he yeah, he started. Jackson Martinez, start, dude. Jackson, Jackson Martinez, why? Well, Jackson, no, no, but Jackson started against Chile, and he was. He's injured now. Yeah, but ja but Jackson started against Chile, and he was he doesn't really fit what the team is doing, and I don't think he's going to have a lot more chances going forward because he played next to to Muri um, Muriel, who was the best player for Colombia, and he's that's a y another young forward who was also part of the uh, the 2011 under 20 team that <clears throat> got knocked out by Mexico. You know, the team with with James and Santiago Arias. Uh, I think actually Jason Murillo was also on that team. Um, there are some interesting players for Colombia that are younger that are probably going to be getting chances um, over guys like Baca, surprisingly, and Jackson, and eventually Teo Gutierrez because Teo Gutierrez probably is a probably. guy that, right? but he's a guy that fits. Ah, no. <laughs> Dude, but it doesn't explain why you have Falcao on the field and you have a beast center forward like Jackson Martinez on the bench watching the game, man. And then you bring in Delfilo, uh, Delfilo instead of Jackson into the game. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm not. I mean, a year ago, I would agree with you. Uh, I just don't think Jackson really fits into the quick transition that Columbia wants to play. It, it's a lot of like Oribe Peralta. He he does a lot of things really well, obviously in a higher level than Oribe, but he doesn't fit the speed of the team. And you know. At the end of the day, I mean, this is a this is a young man's game. You need speed. You need you need people that are willing to to win those one v one duels. And and after the game that Muriel put forward on on on, on Thursday uh, Thursday or uh, Friday, uh, 
I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of Jackson in the upcoming games because I think Muriel has really, really caught a lot of people's eyes after this performance. And I think that's what we're going to be seeing, especially with Peckerman. Peckerman's a guy that uh, he's a little iffy. And, I mean, he was already on a tight rope as it was with Columbia. The people, the, the press is not happy with him because he doesn't spend a lot of time in Columbia. He has seven assistants. He, his staff, <laughs> his coaching staff has seven dudes that are tasked with going to the local games and scouting. And, and he's the kind of guy that will go to Europe and watch games or whatever. But but people want him to be more involved with the local league and the players in the local league. And he doesn't seem to show a lot of interest, like at least, you know, being at the games. But, but he's using a lot of players from the league. And, you know, he's willing to use, like, you know, Cardona, who's a guy that doesn't play in Colombia, doesn't play in Europe, is sort of in between – but he's a guy that's really been working well for Columbus since the Copa America this summer. So I think you're going to see a lot of that going forward, a lot of these younger players, because Columbia's team at the World Cup was a lot, was very sort of veteran heavy. And that's not going to get you to the World Cup. It might get you to the World Cup, but you can't take that kind of risk. You know what, I, before we continue on the South American, I wanted to mention about... The uh, Liga MX clubs. You notice when uh, Chicharito, when he moved to Bayer Leverkusen, well, uh, one of the first things uh, Bayer Leverkusen did on their social media is they made uh, Spanish-speaking accounts. And I think Mexican yep. clubs, maybe they don't realize Liga MX clubs, they don't realize that maybe there's a market in English for their for you know for their product. So you know these guys, yeah, they need to get on the ball. And, well, Ronnie will tell you. Liga I MX is. Go on. I guess Santos is one of the only ones, right? They got an English-speaking uh, uh, media media rep, social media guy. They got Kim oh, Tate. Oh, and Cholos. Yeah, yeah Cholos oh. actually. Cholos is an English-speaking uh, Twitter account as well. Johnny Rico, I think, does the Cholo stuff. Yeah, that used to be Kim Tate, who now is at uh, Santos. Um, but the thing is, Tijuana has... Uh, a somewhat decent contingent of American players on all levels, so it makes sense for them. I mean, if anything, like Ronnie was saying, I mean, like we were talking about it a little while ago, if, if if Liga MX can sort of tap into the European market and maybe compete for some of the players that are looking to go to MLS, um, <laughs> it, 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 there might be a market there. I, I don't know. I mean, if anything, they should look to expand and, 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 and I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's still on their camera. That was an inside joke that our Ronnie's Look at the Google. Look at the chat. Some, some pictures in the chat. Make it your profile picture. That way they'll be able to see it on the, the, uh, on, the on the podcast. Wow. Yeah. I sent one picture with no, the dog, baby. <laughs> Just in case you can't see it. But, uh. His baby needs it. I don't know, it's just some meme. <laughs> it's inappropriate. It's, a, it's yeah. basically a dad joke about. Oh, well, that will be it. Filter that out. <laughs> well, I guess we run out of topics if we're talking if we're talking memes and such now. So. You know, I want to keep killing Beckerman. Uh, I absolutely no, hey. do not like that guy. When the they were when on, they were plugging him as a name for Mexico. Go ahead, sorry, Brian. No, go ahead, go ahead. 
Yeah, I just his past decision making to me it shows that he's not he's not he's not a national team coach. He's probably maybe he listen. I don't know if his promotores are well because, you know, he was keep keeping a healthy Jackson. I'm not talking about now. Just in the past, Jackson Martinez was a guy for for Colombia, and he he still kept trotting out a uh, fuck out. Obviously, there's some promotor deal going on there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot no of way in Colombia that he's he's linked. I think his son-in-law. Um, is is a promotor and and uh, there's there's talk about how some of the players that have come into the national team recently are represented by his son-in-law. So there's obviously a bit of a conflict of interest there. Would he have done a good job with Mexico? I think he would have. I think he would have. Um, Just because no, no, you don't think so? Yeah. No, I don't like that guy. Uh, yeah, I can tell you don't. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't right, like him. What did he do? He did he win with Toluca? <laughs> he doesn't under, like him because like he's Jewish. <laughs> no, I didn't even know he was Jewish. Dude. Don't, don't lie. I didn't don't even lie. know. Dude, I didn't know. I swear. Tell us I what you really feel, feel, man. The case. It's my, you know, I didn't even know. I don't remember him being Jewish. Well, like, uh, no, you, I just had to. Dude, he win with Toluca. What did he win? He won your respect, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> My admiration. No, I'm sure he's good. Would you, sure he's a well, good would you take him he's over a Sodi right now? Would you be comfortable with Packerman as a coach over a Sodi right now? I'd rather take Osorio. I think the the press would be a lot more comfortable with him right now. There wouldn't be, they, you know, there would be less room for criticizing, whether it's warranted or not. Packerman has already managed the the Argentina national team. You know, he has a lot of experience, so I don't know. This guy, Juan, he just, he, somebody, probably Beckerman. <laughs> what did he do with Argentina? What did he, he do with Argentina in 2006? He beat Mexico, Mexico. With a wonder goal. With a wonder goal. Yeah, that I care about after that, I don't care. Yeah, but La the Volpe thing, you can say the same. And be on with it. <laughs> no, you could, uh, that was Mexico's best game in the entire World Cup. And we still lost, you know. That's like the epitome of our history, I guess. It, but but he, it was a wonder, it was a wonder goal. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't Beckerman's game plan. And, yeah, it makes you know, it. It, makes it was La Volpe's easier. game plan. La Volpe <laughs> coached him. Yes, I know. But that happened. Beckerman, you know? he he he, he had no adjustments. Coach Bielsa, for, and for I know you love in that game. Yeah, but Say that again? Look at Bielsa, Bielsa, he didn't have a good uh, World Cup in 2002 with Argentina, and that's a guy that people were dying for, I mean, including myself, just a few months ago. I mean, again, I think it's all relative, and I, I, I mean, if, if, if given a choice, I mean, I, I would be interested to see what Peckerman could do with Mexico, especially with this generation. You know what he would do? He'd get his son-in-law to sign a bunch of youth players, get them on the national team, get them sold. <laughs> that's what he'd do. That's what he did with Colombia. Right. Yeah, that's 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 really the, that's where the yeah, that's how the conversation's going down there. Yeah. Do you think do you think do you think Peckerman's gonna go after uh, naturalized players in yeah. Colombia? Or he no, will he no, go no. Mexico? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Probably. If they're signed yeah. to him, yeah. If they're signed into his family, to his uh, son-in-law's agency, yeah, most likely. Yeah, he probably he probably would. I think he would. Um, but right now, I mean. Is there is there uh, is there a, a sort of a foreign player that's that you know figure like a like a winger that you would rather have on a national team compared to uh, 
I don't know, Irving Lozano? I don't see Honestly, one. Honestly, don't see one. It, it's it, you know, with with what the amount of players that we have in Europe right now, I think it would be a slap in the face to even do it. Because, Absolutely. You know, we always say, oh, but we don't we don't have players, you know, playing abroad, and I I think right now would be a, a slap in the face, and I think he he would bring a lot of criticism his way, something that he doesn't need right now. Uh, I mean, honestly, I I, I, I you I think about Osorio? Yeah, I'm taking I'm talking about Osorio. Well, two uh, years ago. Go on. I think Osorio will win the crowd in Mexico if he does two things. Obviously, you know, you know, get to the hex. But if he, if he, you know, assuming we get to the hex, if we can beat the U.S. in Columbus, I think he'll win. I think he'll win. Uh, Absolutely. A lot of, I think you're a right. A lot of hearts and minds. Hey, yeah, by, that, you, you, by that, Ronnie, you mean he will win you over? That's your barometer, right? N- no, uh, no, no. What? No. Are you serious? No, no. Because we, because we, because we qualify. Yeah. No. Uh, he would win me over. He would. Hey, Carillo won me over when he lifted a title with America. Uh, Piojo Herrera, you know, won me over when he won with an American. Obviously, actually, he, I, I would say that Piojo won me over the second his second season with the America, even though that we lost in the semis. It was just a you know you you, you just started to see what he was doing with the team. Right. I would say that Osorio would win me over if he wins Centenario. You know, next next year. I think, I think the no, top four finish would be would be a decent. I mean, at five, if we get to the final, not, that'd be great. Not when you're not when yeah. it's your back. Not when it's your backyard. Really, if you think about it. No, you're right. I mean, I, I think it'll depend on the quality of the teams, but I think that. Um, if if he does well in the Copa America and he wins, I think it starts tomorrow. If he wins in Honduras and does well in Copa America and actually, and he, I think yeah, if he wins in the U.S. in Columbus, I think that people if, will be, people will jump in a, on a bandwagon. Yeah, if you oh well, think about it. We haven't won in Honduras in twenty something years. So he mm-hmm. wins in Honduras, he wins in Columbus, and he, obviously he wins the Centenario. I think I think you know the. The uh, I think Russia's guaranteed for him. Yeah, yeah. The, even, even regardless of what he does at the Confederaciones. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know how realistic Unless he slaps Martin <laughs> in the airport. It's not What's exactly that? the Gold Cup. Uh, just I, 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 I'd be pretty content with a top four finish. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I think a semifinal finish would be great. Well, 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 let, let me let me ask you something. Let He's got to make the Chile, final, man. No, here, here, here's 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 enough of mediocre goals, guys. Chile won at home, okay? Colombia won at home, okay? Really, all those that played in the U.S., you know, you can, you can, you already know where the venues are going to be at. So it would, it would be, it, it, it would be like the closest thing. It would be like the closest thing of a Mexico playing a Copa America at home. Yeah, so if Chile can win at home. If Chile can win at home. I think one of the big things, though, is depending on how they how, how they actually call the games. Because if it's like a Libertadores type of deal, there's no way that Mexico is going to win that that tournament. If it's if it's played like South American style, I I don't see Mexico doing all that well. Um, if, South American refs, you mean? Reached the final. It reached the final before, though. I mean, when it was it was hosted in Colombia, 
What, what was it under Akira, right? Yeah. He got to the final. And then yeah. uh, I think uh, with Mejia Baron, right? They, they, yeah, 93. That, uh, the first, the first, and I, I think it's a good goal, but it's expected. Yep. I don't know. I think that's a bit much, though, to expect it. <clears throat> Especially oh, but, the, yeah. last two, uh, the last two uh, showings. <laughs> I know those are, aren't really fair uh, barometers, but still, I mean, the last two have been pretty terrible. I guess maybe my, my expectations have, have dropped. Hey, we have, high, we have high standards for Osorio. Hey, but uh, what I mean is, uh, Concacaf gonna allow Mexico to take their first team since it's being hosted here? I expect that they're gonna be like part of the contract requires. Concacaf, yeah. Conca Conca Well, there's no to get in the way either. Exactly. So Concacaf wants this tournament because eventually they actually want the Copa America to be the the premier event of the Americas. Yeah, Chuck Blazer's out of the picture, so uh, there's not going to be any restrictions. The only restrictions will be which players go to the Olympics and which players don't. Really, that's that's. Well, and, and, and that and that wouldn't even affect us really, you know, as far as you know, for for this, you know, Copa Centenario, you, you know, just a couple players. But I mean, you're going to have the bulk of your players. At right, the no, but I mean, like, I mean you, know, you look at which players will be overage. I mean, we talked about some of the options. We all, you know, we, we thought Andres Guardado could be an option, Chicharito. Um, I mean, those guys that are in Europe, it's unlikely they're going to play both tournaments. And so, who knows, you know, in that sense. And also, yeah, like, I, some of the, does Tecatito go to uh, Copa America? Does he go to the Olympics? Uh, maybe some of the players that could emerge. Yeah, right, that, that's what awesome. I think, too. Honestly, because he's, he's age-appropriate for Olympics. We have, yeah, we it's, already have... We are we already have gold in 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 the in the trophy room, you know, for uh, the Olympics. I want Copa America. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, you gotta that fight Puta Gutierrez for those players, though, dude. I don't know if Osorio wins that wins that fight. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Gutierrez is gonna be pushing for for those players. Yeah, we don't know what uh, the FMF has been talking about behind the scenes, or what they've, or at least what they've promised Gutierrez as far as players go. Um, but given the fact that the Copa America was sort of iffy for a long time, you know, what happens now? I think that will be an interesting discussion when the time comes for it because um, I'm with Ronnie. I mean, I, I, at this point, I, I would think the Copa America would, would, should take precedent over over the goal, over the, the, the Olympics because we already won it. So Whatever <laughs> makes the most money. Yeah, uh, I'm actually, I actually agree with this. Too. We need true, to win huh? this Copa Centenario. It's a must-win for me, I think. So that that would mean that the only thing we haven't won at the senior level will be the the, the World Cup. Hey, uh, that means uh, Gio might come back to the, to the national team eventually, then, huh? Well, right now it looks like yeah. Right now, send them to the Olympics right now, right? Nah, they don't send him to the Olympics. He already did that. He would be he would be on the national team. Hey, by then he'll be playing. He'll be in rhythm, and if he's playing well, I could see him on the I could see him on the team. And MLS might uh might uh ask Mexico, hey guys, do us a favor, call them up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be playing at MLS speed, man. Screw Gio. Play no players. He needs to stop playing um attacking midfielder and start playing forward. You you, you know what, guys? When when uh, when uh when Piojo called up Tubo, uh, I think he was he did some things well that I guess to me Mexican players they don't do well. You know, he was playing with his back to goal. Yep. I, yeah, it was, he, he's, I remember, he's still very young. He's going he's gonna to have a future with the national team. At one point, 
Chepo said that Raul Nava was going to be the future number nine of the national team. Well, I mean, he was way off. I think that Kubo has a chance to, to be that replacement for Chicharito at some point. Yeah, I think he deserved a... I, I uh, cringing already, so... He deserved a better shot uh, with Chivas, man. He, You know, there are some things he was doing well. He just needed to... See, you know, hey. He wasn't getting out muscle. He wasn't getting thrown around like a hey. rag, though. Is, uh, is, uh, are we done for today? Yeah. 